And welcome to Mrs. B. Mrs. B is going to be one of our co-hosts, so you will be hearing a lot more from her than just listening to her on this particular episode. Mrs. B, welcome. Give us and give our lovely listeners a little bit of an insight as to who Mrs. B is. Mrs. B is your wife, your sidekick. The your, boss. Your better half. <laughs> And the boss, as you quite rightly pointed out, that is Mrs. B. Also known as Donna Poppins, yes. but more on that later. Right then, Mrs. B. Let's just go over um, your past experiences to date and uh, tell us a little bit about how you ended up getting involved with a certain gentleman called Andrew Beasley. Um, so I go, let's go way back when, way back when, uh, um, when I used to believe in ghosts and used to be frightened of the dark. And then I watched a documentary on it and that dispelled everything I knew about ghosts. And therefore I no longer believed, uh, because I'd never experienced anything. And I could quite happily walk around in the dark and not be bothered by it, you know. And then um, fast forward when um, I took the decision to leave my full time job and embark on my own project. So setting up my own business, running the community centre, yada, yada, yada. And so it goes on and so it goes on. And uh, Andy Beasley on a conversation with you saying, I just need some admin support of which I put my hand in the air and waved it around and said, I can help with that. And the rest of it is history, really. In the making. Uh, yes, yeah, so I was actually tapping Andy up because, as I've already alluded to in a previous episode, I, I run an organisation called Rockingham Media, which is a um, community interest company. And its main project is Rockingham Radio, but we're, we're now looking at, branching out into one or two other things as well. Podcasting will be one of those projects. Um, but I was looking at getting Andy on and talking to him about getting him onto the radio show and maybe doing some readings uh, live on air. And that was where it all really started. And now you're just managing pretty much everything that he does. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from his day job, of course. Yeah. And uh, his home life, obviously, because his wife does that. <laughs> well, I have seen a couple of times that you've given him permission to go fishing. So, you know, like, uh, when he's got a day off and he's not uh, he's not doing his psychic readings or um, or actually doing psychic medium events, then yeah, you do pretty much kind of control his diary a bit, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah, somebody has to manage him. <laughs> <laughs> So in between then being a uh, a young girl with this belief in ghosts, tell us a bit about that. What what was it that you believed in and why did it frighten you? Uh I think it's I think it's Hollywood, basically. Um you watch television and you watch horror films and things and then your imagination takes over and you just end up with every little noise, it's a ghost. You know, but I'd never experienced anything at all, ever. So um, when I watched this documentary about sort of airwaves, ley lines, etc., and I thought, oh, do you know, that all makes sense. So then it was kind of 
everything had been dispelled and because I'd never had any evidence or never actually experienced anything, it was, um, oh, well, that must be right. Okay. That does kind of make sense. And when did you start to believe again? Um, so gone from being a total skeptic um, to working with Andy and just things have started to happen that I can't explain. So whilst I'm not a hundred percent believer, it's getting there. Okay. There's just certain areas that I just need a little bit more evidence. And there's no harm in that. I, I, I would say that I approach it from a, having been probably a broadly very skeptical person, um, I'd probably describe myself actually as being openly curious, if that kind of makes sense. So I've had some stories from my mum and dad when I was a youngster. Uh, I probably had some experiences of deja vu that I could recall. But seeing Andy perform really has started to change my mind in particular. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple of other projects that we've done, which not going to go into too much detail on, but we have attended a couple of paranormal investigations with him and with another uh, paranormal investigation team. And I think what was really, really surprising was uh, Andy's original reaction when we arrived at the venue, or actually just round the corner. Just before we got to yeah. the venue. Um, so he, he rumbled where we were going. And then... Well, he didn't. The no, yeah, he, he, no, he pretty he, much did. He didn't, because he, he jokingly <laughs> said, um, oh, we're not going here, are we? And then it had to be I, I confirmed think, by you. Yeah, I, th I think he rumbled it because he, he was, he described a, a bodily feeling. So it was like, oh, my stomach's gone all tight and turned and... Flip-floppy was flip -floppy, what he said. Flip-floppy, yeah, that's the word. Um, oh, words. And uh, to me, it was... That was kind of it. He'd rumbled. Something had triggered and he knew where he was going. I actually carried on and drove past it as a diversionary tactic. I just wanted to delay the inevitable where I had to say to him, yes, Andy, you're right. And, you know, you little shit. <laughs> I don't know. You know. I think the spirit getting in the car was, as we were passing kind of. Well, yeah, you know, that. So, you but know. that still didn't mean that we were going there. No, I know, uh, but that, that was. Certainly not to you. As Well, not to me, but I wish we'd recorded it and and that's a lesson learned. But as we as we were just getting to it and he just, he, his words were, oh, my tummy's just gone and give me that flippy floppy feeling. Oh, and I've just been joined with a, a man called Al. So Albert or Alfred, who's looking all dishevelled and burnt down one side just as we were going past it. And he went, oh, we're not going here, are we? And that, that was the conversation. And then when you sort of drove a bit further on and turned around and came back mm -hmm. and it was like, well, yeah, we are actually. Uh, I was a bit gobsmacked at that, to be honest with you, especially when the guy at the end who runs that whole venue started giving us names and Al Alfred, no, Albert yeah. was one of the names yep. and he was the guy that had been killed in an explosion. Yeah, uh, of, of which he was just one of many. Um, I'm not going to labour that point because we have only got half an hour, so I'm going to carry on. And and I'll, I'll just round that off by saying that two different entities, um, so not entities, two different 
organisations, technically Andy and Psyaps, uh, came up with independently extremely accurate yeah. data that correlated between the, the pair of them. And it, it was that that kind of started to really cement it for me. We are going to have an episode that will cover all of that investigation though. So let's not give too much away because otherwise there'd be no point in having that episode. So we're both in that position. We're both kind of moving more towards the believer uh, and appreciator of uh, the gift, yep. the skill set. Um, what was your first interaction with Andy? Tell our listeners about that if you can recall it. Um. I think it was in cadets that was the that was the first um well it wasn't really an interaction with him because i didn't know him and he'd he'd come to do a show okay but you'd witnessed andy's several capabilities times. several that, times because we've be, we've seen him several times yeah. at events that we've been at and he's been he's been booked as the entertainment for want of a better word um and it, it's like, but now I'm working with him. I see more. I see. I see how accurate he is, and it is one of those. How does he know this? And I've said to him, and many people say to him, lots of people say to him, you know, if you could just tell me something that nobody else knows, and and he just shakes his head. And I, and I've had this conversation with him, and said I don't think it's a case of people want, um something that nobody else would know is just give them something that how could you possibly know? Because mm -hmm. you don't know them. Yeah, I get that. I suppose it's really, it's about the, how does somebody describe that thing that's special to them or unique to them? Yeah, because you always Andy get the generalisation. That Andy can deliver and um, we've definitely witnessed him do yeah, that. Yeah, you'll always get the generalisations. You'll always get the... um Oh, beware of the flat tire on the car. You know, well, you can get a flat tire on the car any time. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that's actually something, Andy. I've never heard him do anything like that. Actually, no, but that, this is what I'm saying. That like you will get that generalization at some shows where they will come up with things like that, and to me, they're filling. They're filling. Mm. They're either waiting or. They're kind of waiting for a response from people. And this is why I think people sit back at events, cross their arms, go pan faced and don't give anything because they think if I give nothing, then put, put up their own personal yes. piece of the Berlin Wall effectively, yeah, don't they? Basically. But then he'll give names and he'll give surnames and he'll give dates and, you know, things that. Who else would know that if he does not know them personally? I mean, mm -hmm. he knows me personally and he still doesn't know like dates and things. And he doesn't, he doesn't know my extended family or anything like that. Yeah. So if he started to give me sort of things like that. Talking of extended family, um, obviously I know this bit of information, but for the benefit of listeners, if you're happy talking about it, you have had an experience with a different psychic medium. Yeah. Excuse the ping. That was uh, my phone. My bad. Uh, so just tell our listeners about that. Yeah. So you booked me a tarot session um, at um, a, 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 well, an associate's house, shall we say. And she, I didn't know what to expect from a tarot reader, to be quite honest with you. So I agreed to go along. She didn't know me. She didn't know me in the slightest. 
And, um, and Annabelle doesn't know me that well to sort of give any information either. And, uh, and I don't, I don't do the making things fit. So when she'd got mm-hmm. two, two sets of tarot cards out, she says to me, um, just, just pick the deck that speaks most to you. And I was like, well, nothing's speaking to me. So I said, well, neither of them. So she goes, well, we'll just go with this deck then. And to me, the, the, not all tarot cards are the same, but they all have the same kind of symbols. They'll, yeah. they'll all have like death and things like that in them, whilst they might be differently patterned. So to me, it doesn't make a difference. And uh, while she was shuffling them and everything, she, she just said, oh, by the way, you, your grandma and granddad are here with you. And um, your granddad's a, a, a short gentleman um, with a, a little tash and your grandma's taller than him. She stood behind him. There's a cloud of flour and um, she smells of jam tarts, which is basically them two down to a tea, you know. So it, I was a bit gobsmacked at that bit. And she told me loads of things that she couldn't possibly have known at the time. But the um, just digressing from this because it'll all kind of fit in. When Andy gives his readings to people and they go, no, no, no. And he'll say, go and speak to the wider family because the wider family will know. Yeah. Um, I, I can concur with that because she said to me, there's a little girl that's with your grandma and I just keep seeing a, a green bus. Now, if I hadn't been doing the family tree or have had done the family tree in the past, I wouldn't know this specific bit of information. And it was my granddad's sister's daughter. So that makes her my second cousin. Um, at the age of 11, got off the bus and her coat had got caught in the doors and as the bus set off she'd been dragged under the wheels and killed now if i'd not done the family tree i wouldn't have known that so mm-hmm. so if you've got a medium telling you that sort of information and i'm sat there going no no that's not right that's not right well it's it's not that it's not right it just means that you don't know that specific bit of information so you do need to go and do a little bit of exploration yourself yeah and and when it's uh, an extended family tree like that Unless you're actually into genealogy, you're just not going to do it. No, not at all. You wouldn't know. Right. Okay. So, um, moving on from that particular session, what was your next experience? Um, I think it was. There's been there's been little things um, that I can kind of. I have no explanation for them. Um, but one of them is our doors are always shut up, shut upstairs because the, the dogs get in the room. So yep. I keep the doors shut, but our doors make a distinctive noise when you shut them upstairs. So you know what the bathroom door sounds like, you know what our bedroom door sounds like, you know what the spare room and the office door sounds like. So they all sound differently, but when you're downstairs, you know, which door is which when it closes. And you were working away. It was night time. I was in the living room with the dogs. Living room door was closed. And I heard our bedroom door close. And I didn't imagine it because the dogs went mad. 
So I set off to come upstairs. I opened the, the living room door and Truffle set off halfway up the stairs and Scuffle sat at the bottom of the stairs. He wasn't going anywhere because he's a coward. And I set off up the stairs and then kind of came to an abrupt halt and thought, what are you doing? If this was a horror film, you'd be saying, don't go up them stairs. Yeah. I didn't know what was up there, but I knew that all the doors were shut. So how could it shut? And it wasn't when it was warm, so the windows weren't open, yeah. so there was no draft. So off we toddled, singing a happy tune, back into the living room. And um, about half an hour later, it happened again. And the dogs went mad again. So that was light on, light on, light on, light on, light on. And checked every room before I went to bed. Sleeping with a light on? I slept with a light on for yeah, two I nights. So. <laughs> yeah, slept with a light on for two nights because I am a coward. And uh, my imagination um, is very vivid and I didn't want to be imagining things in the dark. So I slept with a lamp on for two nights and then thought I was just being silly. But it's never happened and I really wanted it to happen while you were in the house to prove that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> We've had other things though, haven't we? Um, TV, LED yeah. lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, that that um, before the doors. Yeah, we had... Um, our previous television a couple of televisions ago was all backlit and those lights would only come on if the television was on it ran from the power on the television yeah. stop it scuffle um it's fine we have a doggy in here <laughs> so he's joined our podcast um and the lights started to come on the backlight started to come on on the telly without the telly being on. It was completely impossible. It couldn't do it. So I used to jokingly say, come on, Jean, switch it off. Jean being my grandma. And it would go off. And you Immediately? Um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, you've been in the house. You have seen the light come on. Yeah, I just couldn't, I can't remember how quickly they went off again. Though. Yeah, like it's come on, and I've gone. Look at that! Lights have come on. How's that happened? And then said, "Come on, Jean, switch them lights off now." And they've gone off. So it's I things like that I can't explain, and I know I joke along with it, but it, it is one of those where I think, is it is it her being a little bit mischievous and just let me know that she's here? You know, maybe, maybe. Maybe. So on to the, um, I, I suppose, let's just delve into the Andy stuff a little bit. You've seen Andy at the Army Cadets. Mm -hmm. um, as entertainment, not as, yes, as I, anything else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we reached the gutter very quickly, No, we? no, because he was in the <laughs> Army. That is what I actually meant there. Yeah, you'd tell me anything. So you've seen Andy uh, doing his stuff. And you actually had, I suppose, quite a pertinent experience because, well, actually somebody else had the experience, but you were kind of linked into that sort of triangle of information because yeah. your your detachment commander um, was convinced that you'd actually yeah. spilled the beans yeah, on him about absolutely. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was quite – and this is when people aren't thinking logically. So I didn't – this was the first time Andy came to Driffield – and I didn't know Andy. I'd come in from um, teaching the cadets out in the field, um, was in the mess hall. He was there with um, the OC and everything. And um, he was obviously personal friends with him. And they were having dinner together. And 
sort of I finished eating, went and got ready on the rare night that I was off, met you in the bar. Didn't even know who this guy was. Didn't even know we'd got entertainment on that night. Anyway, he came in and uh, sort of introduced himself on, on, well, I don't want to say stage because there wasn't a stage, but where he was stood and started going through equipment. And and then John, who, like you say, was my detachment commander, walked in. He was on duty and Andy just stopped and he just said, oh, I just want to come to you. Um, he says, who, who's Tracy? And, uh, and, and John says, well, it's my partner. And he goes, right, well, Tracy's, Tracy's got some stomach issues. And John says, no, she hasn't. And he goes, no, she has, my friend. Um, you need to check that out. And he goes, no, she hasn't. Anyway, um, he said, okay, well, who's Mary? And he goes, well, I can't do this. And sort of got upset and walked out. And then when John came back in, in the break, he, he says to me, what have you told him? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? What have I told him? And he goes, well, he knows all this stuff. And I went, I I don't even know who he is. I, did, I saw him in the mess hall, but I didn't know who he was. I haven't told him anything. And he goes, well, I've just rung Tracy and she she is having stomach issues and she's having to go to the doctors. And I went, right, okay. Um, Tracy was in South Africa. So how would I know that, yeah. first of all? And secondly, who's Mary? He says, Mary is my grandma. Says, so how would I know that? How could I tell him anything when I don't know that information? So, and he'd had to ring her in South Africa for her to tell him that information. Mm, yeah. So, so yeah. you don't even have to be close. Oh, no. No. Uh, and after that, um, <laughs> we've been to two or three different events where Andy's um, been doing his stuff. But most recently you actually got, I think you got quite into the swing of things. We were doing a paranormal investigation with uh, just a handful of people from South Yorkshire Amateur Paranormal Society. Yeah. And Andy, myself, Josh, our friend that's a um, documentary maker and historian, really, really useful person actually in context of, of this particular activity because he he can go away and he can research archives that you and I might not know yeah. to look in. Um, so he's really good at digging up recorded history on places. And then we went in there because they're having some activity and uh, so, yeah, he, he can he can find that history information, and that's really really useful because it helps to corroborate uh, or validate some of the information. But tell us about your particular experience there, because you were getting really into it, and there was something quite key which I want you to point out as well about some of the equipment. Yeah, so um, Andy and yourself and Josh had um, gone up to the second floor. We'd already been up to the second floor, which I found quite strange, the fact that everybody else... Now, I suffer from vertigo quite commonly, um, and it's it's sort of... um, It's gone away a little bit right now, but they were... Was it countering... Your vertigo. I think it actually was felt, actually felt stable for one. Yeah, so <laughs> they were all stood upstairs in this room, which has been converted into a restaurant, and they were like Gemma. I had to virtually stop her from falling over because she rocked forward, and she goes, "I just don't feel steady in this room. It's like being on a ship." And I said, "Well, 
is there only me that's not suffering from this? Well, everybody was suffering from that. So you didn't get it either. I, I didn't either, just for the record. Uh, but I'm not one that speaks a lot at these types of activities. I, I really sort of keep my cards close to my chest. If there's something absolutely um, clear to me, then I'll speak up on it. If I'm in a not really sure or a no zone, then I'm quiet because yeah, I don't well, want to lead other people. I do, I wasn't I wasn't getting anything, but everybody else was feeling this kind of swaying motion. I just said, "Well, I suffer from vertigo, so I might just be countering this, and I'll just be stood okay." And as we came out, they were like, "Oh God, it was so oppressive in there. Don't you think it's lighter out here?" And I was like, "No." I'm I'm failing to see what you guys are seeing. I'm not getting that yeah, at all. I'm the same. I don't feel really weird. Things. So as we came downstairs anyway, uh, Sayaps have all the 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 Gucci equipment, as I call it. And so I'd picked up this one piece of equipment, and Gary um, had said that we it works, but it never picks anything up. That. So I was just sat, I tend to take notes of what comes upon the Hexcon and the Ovilus because once they've disappeared off the screen, you can't get back to them. So I make notes of that. And Gary has the Solstice machine out and everything, which I call Ghost Radio because it's it's just all spirit voices, but no white noise. And it's still, I still find it quite difficult to pick things up. Um, but I don't find it as clear, but they're probably a bit more practiced than I am at it. So... I had the Hexcon, I had the Ovilus, the ghost, uh, the ghost radio, the solstice was over a, a bit away from me. And I had a K2 meter on my table as well. And then away from my table was the pool table. And I'd put this, I don't even know what to call it. I want to call it a ghost meter, um, which was just like a little handheld thing. It was quite chunky and it was white plastic. And then it had got like a red plastic cover on it with two two lights. So if you imagine a potato peeler, yeah. the ones with the prongs and the blade that goes across. Was it the analog version of a K2? No, no, it wasn't it wasn't anything like that really. Um so it was it was like that, but take the blade out and it was kind of like solid, but then it had got lights on either corner, I want to okay. say. And um so we were, we were getting some noises coming through on the ghost uh, radio and everything. And then the K2 meter. So things started to come up on the Ovilus and the Hexcon, which I was writing down and then telling Gary what they were saying. And then the K2 meter on my table started to fluctuate. So um, I feel quite comfortable doing this now. I felt a bit silly at start, but I feel, I feel quite comfortable now. So I asked the spirit to come forward and it started to get, sort of further up the scale as it yeah. does on the K2 meter. They like the lights go up to um red the nearer the spirit gets. But then this other thing started to light up and buzz. And Gary was gobsmacked to that and he goes, that never goes off ever. So that's when we started to ask the questions because we'd had names come through and uh we through questioning we wheeled it down that it was a lady called Sally mm -hmm. who um, had owned the venue. Yeah. And um, there was another lady called Alice who rented one of the rooms. And when I went through dates, um, she was there in the 1850s. 
So um, I left that with Josh for him to go and see if he could find yeah. more information out. But the more the more I spoke to this Sally, the more it lit up. And it was just like, ba-da, 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 ba-da. And it was like, can you step away from it while we're asking you questions? And and it would stop. It was it was an intelligent spirit because it was doing as I asked it to do. Yeah. And I was getting really excited at this stage. You because- were. Andy and I at this point were sat, um, <laughs> sat in the lounge the other side, just sat at the back in the dark, soaking up the atmosphere. And um, actually some of the stuff that was coming out of the machinery um, – well, technology, not machinery, really, was, it was better from a distance. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of a little bit clearer in some cases. I it's think quite loud Sometimes when, when, when they have that running, it, yeah, and you're on top of it, it's, yeah. it's quite loud. Um, so being further away, it was actually quite good to to absorb. And we were chuckling at, um, at how into it you were getting, actually, you were, and you were getting quite excited because... You were asking questions and you were getting responses. And that's what I want. Uh, that's it's because of the yeah. evidence. Now I've never I've never seen a ghost. I've never seen anything move. And that's kind of like what I now want. I want to see this evidence, but I want to see it for myself. I don't want to see a video of it. Yeah. I want to see it with my own eyes, with no explanations to it. Um, and that's the sort of thing that I want to see. Brilliant. We are almost out of time. Um Although we don't really have a timer on this, it's just I tried to keep it as close to 30 minutes as I can, just so it's um, it's, it's a good time length or good length for people to absorb. However, um, there is another joint experience that I want to just take the next few minutes and talk about. And, and that is, you are quite open-minded, and, I, and we've not really touched on the other experiences with the noises. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> the Bruce Almighty stuff. We'll save that for another episode because I think we could elaborate on it and be quite good. Um, but what I do want to talk about, just to round this one off, is Reiki. Because you have, first of all, you experienced Reiki. Yes. Uh, as somebody being treated. You encouraged me to go, yeah. uh, which was um, quite an achievement. But you've since trained to actually become a Reiki practitioner yourself. Yes. So I, I kind of see that as a positive with everything else going on because to me that shows you have got that openness in your mindset to take on what's uh, on board what's going on. And um, so the link really I'm thinking of is because they talk about chakras quite a lot and that's, yeah. that's very pertinent in, in Reiki. But I'd like you to tell the listeners about the Reiki experience that we shared. The first, the first ever one I went. Yes. I went on. Okay. So very briefly, then Sean and I attended a business course that we were doing, and I met a lady on there, and I it was a thirteen week course, and I sat next to her every week, and every week I sat next to her I used to get goosebumps, and my hairs used to stand up. Um, and I asked her what um what she was going to be doing her business in. And she said, I'm going to be a Reiki master. I'd never heard of Reiki at this stage. So I inquired what it was. And uh, she started to tell me it was like a, a, a an ancient form of Japanese spiritual healing and to be open-minded and go for a session. So I agreed to go for a session and um, I, I went to her house and went into a spare room, which was her treatment room. And it was the... It was just very peaceful in that room. She'd got some um, 
dolphin music, which I asked her to change because it would make me want to go for a wee. So uh, she put on some angel music. I didn't know what to expect. And for those who've never had a Reiki session, you stay fully clothed and you get on the treatment bed. And she's she's saying to me, um, just close your eyes and go to your happy place. And I'm thinking, what a crock of shit this is. <laughs> and then I'm like admonishing myself. That sort of, Along with, I hope I don't snore. <laughs> um, shut up, because she might be able to hear you read your mind. So <laughs> you know, I really didn't know what to expect. So anyway, as she started to um, work on me, and in the early days, Kath never used to touch me. Um, in Reiki and and as we went on to later sessions she did um anyway she'd she'd done all um the the front as I was laid on my back she'd done all that and then she asked me to turn onto my front of which I did and she was working um she'd gone sort of all the way round my body and then she was stood at my head at the head end I I knew she was stood there but Something had hold of my ankles and my feet was freezing. Um, So we finished up the session. There was bits and bobs that had happened and everything. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. I came out of there feeling like a new woman. And I came home and I said to you, you need to go and have a Reiki session. I feel absolutely fantastic. And you said, well, what happened then? I went, I'm not going to tell you. You just need to go and have a Reiki session with Kath. And you went and had a Reiki session, I think it was probably a week or two later. Yeah. And you came back and you said, I feel absolutely amazing. But what's really weird was when she was working at the head end, something had hold of my ankles and my feet were freezing. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and yep, that's, that's why I didn't tell you. I said, because I didn't want <laughs> to influence you in any way. I said, and that was her Spirit guide Sumatra, who helps her with her. Um, Stop she running away. Stop she running away all down to your ankles. Um, but he's her spirit guide and helps her with her Reiki healing and things like that. Lovely so, stuff. So, and knowing more about Reiki, I do now. Um, it's probably one of the ancient Reiki masters uh, as well as a spirit guide yeah. for her. You should probably go to a Reiki practitioner and get your shoulder looked at. Uh, it's feeling a little bit easier because I've just been doing some stretchy exercises. Right. So, I don't need Reiki okay. for that. but. I was thinking of your other one. I know you've got damaged tendons and everything now and uh, and your clavicles sort of pointing skyward, but you never know. I don't think it would help you it, to be honest. Know. If you don't try, you won't know, will you? <laughs> it's very true. I can probably do it myself. <laughs> how, how can you do that? Because you can't put both hands over you your shoulder. Both hands on. Okay. Both hands on. Anyway, enough of the Reiki lessons. <laughs> uh, I think that brings us very nicely to the end of this particular episode. Uh, there's an awful lot more to talk about, uh, like Andy and like many of the other guests, actually, that we've got um, from our local circle. I can very much see us doing lots and lots of episodes. Um, we're going to have to spread it around a little bit, but it's going to be good. Uh, there's lots more to tell, but for now, Mrs. B, thank you very much for being a guest on Psychics and Sidekicks. Thank you for having me.